0: joining real talk with lisa patrick i I just want men to understand that i don't want to be an average guy i don't want to be average in any way i don't want men to be average men and i know for sure that men are settling for average okay everyone wants to know when i do a photo shoot do i pump up and all that kind of stuff you know i'm feeling i'm handing weights to jack willane right now this is this is not Clark Bartram is next on stage for the middleweight division. He is 5 feet 8 inches tall, weighs 175 pounds. He's from Escondido, California, and he's playing to the crowd right now. I think the biggest thing that I do for men over 50 is help them believe that it's possible to get in shape.
1: Get busy living. I love it. I love it. Hey, Clark, how's it going?
0: It's going awesome. How are you?
1: I'm doing very, very well. Thanks for joining me today on That Problem Solved. We got lots to talk about. But let me ask you, what is burning desire right now that's happening in your life?
0: Reaching more people with the message that I have to get busy living. It's honestly really what it is. I love the intro here, problem solved, because we all face a problem in life. And typically what I find with the people who are in my target avatar is men specifically are not really getting busy living because they don't realize they have one life. Mike, they're so focused on one thing getting more money, accomplishing the American dream, having that goal achieved and all of that. But the whole time they've let themselves go. And and I get that, I understand that. And that's where I come into the picture.
1: Yeah, and and you've lived, I mean, you, I know a lot about you, we've met in person before, like uh, I've absorbed a lot of your content, You know, getting preparing for this show. And one of the things that I know with absolute certainty, absolute certainty is that you consistently show up very persistently. No question.
0: You have to, otherwise people are going to forget about you. We live in such a busy world where there are so many people trying to get in front of their avatar or their ideal client or a person who is in need. However you want to look at it. My goal and purpose is to be on their feed every single day, doing something (laughs) that makes them go, I got to find out what this guy's all about. I got to find out if he's the real deal or not. And lo and behold, when they do hit that button or follow that thing or whatever it is that I'm asking them to do at that moment, they find out that what they see is what they get. I'm here showing up exactly the same every single day like this right here is me right there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, those that are in the physical fitness industry, in any industry, um, you know, the real versus the fake and the guru, right? Like, and there's a lot of that going on now in the market, uh, not just in the physical fitness industry, but in any industry, right? And so we want to be able to, you know, authentically show up. But then there's also the side of when we do show up, Uh, into the world of other people, how do we find number one opportunity, but how do we really navigate whether or not that person is truly being authentic themselves, right? Like, and it's difficult now, we've all been scammed somewhere along the way. So how do you make your clients outside of your physique, Clark, because I mean, you clearly, I, we've seen pictures, we know that you're you're very well, um, you have no body fat on you. But how do you emotionally connect to the people that want to actually work with you? Talk a little bit about how do you create that opportunity for them that safe place?
0: Well, you said it yourself, being authentic, being real, being vulnerable is something that is huge, yeah. that men really want to be that they're not being but they need permission to be. So when they see me being that vulnerable guy and being authentic every single day when they when I show up and they see me, they now have been given permission and feel safe and feel like there is a place where they can go do this without them being affected in the other areas of life that they might think would be negatively affected by being that guy, because maybe he's leading a business. That's who I attract, you know, like the high level achievers, the CEOs, the C-level executives who don't necessarily feel like they can show that part of themselves to the people they're leading or even if they're someone who is employed by someone. They don't want to show any weakness, but weakness, when you reveal that part, there is a strength in that that needs to be tapped into. And that's what I do. Like I show up that way for my guys. And I'm not afraid, ashamed, embarrassed to do that because I'm confident in who I am. Yeah. You know, I am a man's man and I am not some guy.
1: And the world God knows needs more men's men. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it either. You know yeah. what I mean? And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. As yeah, long as we're is. being thoughtful of the people that are in our circle and that we're meant to serve. Like being a man's man, doesn't being dominant and all of that. We love our wives. We take care of our kids. We show up and do the things, but we're not doing it in a way where we're embarrassed by I might cry or I might tell you, Hey, I'm struggling today or whatever it is. So these guys that see me just in this little social media framework that we have, when they see behind, behind that, and they see yeah. that I'm still that guy, but also I'm showing like, man, I'm struggling today. I'm having a hard time. I didn't want to go to the gym. I had a fight with my wife or whatever it is. They're like, yeah. Oh wow. He's normal.
1: Yeah. Like it's life, right? Like life shit happens in life, period. That yeah. That's just the reality of it. And, and you know, you've had struggles along the way. I mean, you don't want to show up every, like you just said, you don't want to show up every single day, but I do know that you have a five system process that you use with, with everybody that you work with. And the first thing is that you've got to work on the mindset. And you talked a little bit about this. How, what's the biggest challenge, Clark, that you've ever had that you had to overcome that your clients now learn from you from that experience?
0: So I come off as a pretty confident guy. I was thinking about this yesterday. It's interesting you because do. I have an opportunity in life that is challenging me. I'm a little bit nervous to go do what it is that I have the opportunity to do. So I have to-
1: Whoa, 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 what is it? Oh no, you're not gonna get away with opening that loop, Clark, and not talking about
0: it. Come on. So I have a new contract and a new deal with the creator of ClickFunnels, Russell Brunson. Yeah. So I am going to be flying out to Boise, Idaho to stand on stage and do a live webinar While Russell Brunson sits in front of me watching me do this. You don't think that puts a little bit of fear into anyone's heart who's confident? You're going to sit in front of the OG who does this. And in your mind, you're thinking he's going to be judging me. What if I mess up? What if I'm horrible? Oh, my God, I don't want to do this. Maybe I'll just back out of the contract. All of these things go through my mind no differently than when someone signs up with me I can't measure up to Clark. I don't know if I'll ever look like him. Maybe I won't join the program. I have those things too. It's called limiting beliefs. And there's a a ceiling that I've pressed myself up against and now I got to now bust through. So what am I doing? I'm studying the material. I'm practicing what I'm going to be saying. I am leveling up my life because I got comfortable along the way. I'm the top of the food chain when it comes to the fitness thing, right? Now, I'm being placed into this category where I'm now at the bottom of the food chain, and, and I'm going to tell you something I've never told anyone before. I'm listening. My entire life,
1: yeah,
0: I have excelled at everything that I do because not that I'm the greatest in the world at it, but some of the things come naturally, like athletic <laughs> things. So all of my You're life,
1: done well, nurturing your nature.
0: Yes, exactly. So all of my life, because I've excelled in areas, anytime I go to do something, people automatically think I'm gonna knock it out of the park. Just because I have proven in the past that I'm good at certain things. So now there's this pressure that's been placed upon me that I feel like I have to measure up to the standard that other people have put me in, like on a pedestal. I'm like, don't put me on any pedestal, please. (laughs) <laughs> I throw off that thing. It's gonna hurt. Yeah, it's gonna be embarrassing and all of that sort of stuff. So I'm no better. Nobody else is any worse. Like we're all yep. at the same level at just different stages of those. Like you know, it's just a.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because, uh, you know, often I'll get like, God Lisa, like you know this person, you know that person. Like how do you how do you cultivate those relationships? How do you create those opportunities? And you know, it all boils down to at one point in my career. Yeah, you know, I was like a little bit gobsmacked at, you know, meeting certain people. But I think certain you become a little bit immune to it, right? Like, but I think more importantly, you realize that we're all essentially at the core of our being humans. And I always say, you know, it's my show. So I get to share you shit on the same toilet as everybody else right? Like we put the fork, spoon and knife in our mouth, just like everybody else. So it is a level playing field in many ways. But some of us naturally are more aptitude or have figured out our unique ability quicker, or what makes us that unicorn in our world faster. Some of us haven't been able to articulate it properly in the marketplace, right? Or, or we have that limiting self belief. We self sabotage ourselves, and I'm sure that that's happened to you as well. So, how do you overcome that? Like, how do you, how does Clark Bartram overcome that self sabotaging behavior? Right, that limiting belief. I mean, you do it because, and you do it scared. I would imagine. I mean, you're going to go work with Russell, and you're scared, right? Like. What if it fails? What if I don't live up to expectations? What if the audience, you know, doesn't accept me for who I am or my message, right? But it doesn't stop you. And that takes an abundance amount of courage to do that. So talk us through a little bit about what that looks
0: like for you. Well, you said it, right? You do it scared. And that seems so cliche because there have been it books does, but with that true. title but it's true all cliché statements become cliché because they've been repeated and done so many times so it becomes the vernacular that we use and we tend to forget the power of those things because you know like familiarity breeds contempt we have become so familiar with that language that we're kind of like ah eh, i would do it scared everybody says do it scared we say it because that's what we need to do and yeah. and What Another thing I do is I read books. I get perspective from other people. Like you just gave me, Lisa, some massive perspective. Sitting here listening to you regurgitate the same information that we already know, but from your unique perspective that is different than mine. Because I become familiar with me and what I do. And it's like, man, you know, I'm sick of Clark Bartram sometimes. Yeah, well, it's
1: always running in our head, right? Like it's a
0: never-ending loop. So I need Lisa Patrick to speak into my life. So we have coaches, we have mentors, we watch other people. So I watched Russell Brunson yesterday and during his training, he showed his first time ever doing what he has perfected over the last 20 years. Now I gotta first remember, this dude's been doing this for 20 years. So when I have a coaching client come to me, like I've been doing this my whole life. This is my profession. I don't expect anyone to do what I've done Russell Brunson is not expecting me to come there and do $3.2 million sales in 90 minutes like he has done. He's not expecting that. He's expecting Clark Bartram to show up as Clark as Clark and do the best version that I can do and then be coachable afterwards. And you say, Okay, you did really good, but I don't really recommend that you say this because what I've noticed is so I gotta be coachable too. I can't think that I've reached the top of the food chain in every area of my life, even with fitness. With fitness, I have people that are better fit than me, that know more than me. So I allow them to speak into my life. And that's the beauty of age is I know now that there's so much more that I can learn. And if I'm open to that and willing to invest time, money, energy, passion, and all of that into it, I'm going to be better off in the long run. That's why it frustrates me when guys see my program, they say all the right words that they, I need to hear and they don't sign up. I'm like, why, what are you missing here? What, why are you not betting on yourself?
1: Exactly. Why are you not betting on yourself? I think that's the big, you know, early in my career, that was my biggest thing is, is I bet on everyone else. I was an integrator in their business. I was driving, you know, I wanted it more than they wanted it. And I'm like, what is going on with me? Like, why is that even possible that I want their success more than they want to do? It? But more importantly, they don't want to show up to do it that's a key, right? Like, and I limiting self belief, all of that aside, you still have to do the work. And I think people get afraid of that. And I also think sometimes, and, you know, people get afraid of the success that they're going to have, but more specifically, the accountability to that success is huge. And I don't, I think it gets often overlooked So you had a military background. Let's talk a little bit, you know, we're gonna shift back to your five system process, but you're marine. So thank you for your sacrifice for your company, for your for your company, for your country, and more importantly, your family sacrifice, because I think that often gets over uh, not acknowledged. How did your marine and the structure of the marine life play a relevant and key role in what you do today not what you did as a young man but today
0: discipline I owe so much of my success in life to the discipline I learned during my time in the Marine Corps which was a short time in the Marine Corps I didn't spend an entire career three years I did but three years has my Closet looking like I was taught in the Marine Corps, long sleeve, short sleeve, jeans, dress pants, everything organized in a way. I still tuck my shoelaces in to my because we weren't allowed to have shoelaces hanging out. I've converted so many people to tucking their shoelaces in. (laughs) The other day I'll give you an example. I was watching this guy on TV by the name of Craig Groschelle. Good-looking guy, tall, fit, older, over the age of 50. His clothes fit. Nice and perfect, and I'm sitting there with my wife, and she said, "I already know what you're thinking." I said, "Exactly. I want to email him and tell him to tuck his shoelaces in because it ruins the whole outfit for me. Because my (laughs) mind is (laughs) focusing on me flopping around, and if he just tucked them in, it would make the outfit look that much more together. So these are the minor details in life that we overlook that lead us down a path that gets us to where we don't want to be, and then suddenly we realize." Where did I, how did I end up here? And you ended up here because the discipline that we learn, learn in life we let it go away. I've I've I'll, I'll be really transparent here. I've obsessed over it to a degree in my life. One of my clients this morning, I was finishing his workout and we have him do ab rollouts. So I put a pad yeah. down for him, and then I put the ab roller there. So I put so I have these these plat or rubber mats in their there. Bl- blocks so I put the pad perfectly in the corner of a block so that it's lined up yeah I put the roller directly in the middle of it and he looked at me goes a little obsessive are you (laughs) just the way my mind works I like things organized
1: (laughs) does that stop you though so like That's that's such a fascinating comment, because I think a lot of people get stuck in the perfection, especially when, you know, because I do a lot of deals, and I'm always looking for opportunities, like, I've already started to, to, you know, my mind has already started to go, what opportunities is Clark missing that I can help fulfill, right? Right. But when, we, when you live in that world of a deal maker creating opportunities for others, uh, you gotta move exceptionally fast, which means that you cannot be stuck in the weeds of the perfection. So, how do you overcome that?
0: Well, I realized in business, there's a saying the universe loves speed. You've heard it before. I've learned yeah. in business to move quickly. And sometimes that moving quickly has led me down the wrong path, but I don't let that affect me. I don't overthink it. I'm like chalked up for lesson learned here. And I, I've got a lot of those, probably more of those in my past than I have successes, but all of those things have led me here. And actually the opposite is true with me in those moments of decision making with business, because I realize. There's money attached to the end. You know, some stuff that I do in the gym, that's just me being anal and and dumb and almost kind of joking in a way with the people that I'm working with. But it's really, truly a part of who I am. But with business, I realize I got to jump on this. I got to jump on it fast. So I move quickly, even to the point where before I would not even have attorneys look at my contracts and things like that because I didn't want to slow the process down because I was fearful of losing it. what if I move to, you know, I was fearful of asking for more money. I was fearful of standing up for myself and getting what I'm worth. But now I move quickly, but I move smarter than I did before. Crossing the T's and dotting the I's and making sure that I'm not going to screw myself in the long run in the hopes that this deal won't go away because they came to me for a reason. Because they see something in me and that circles back to stepping into it with fear. If Russell Brunson called me, and signed a contract me and flying me out there to do this. He sees something in me that I have not yet seen in myself yeah. to the level that he sees it. Wow. Yep. This guy can convert. I know yeah. I can convert. That
1: is important because I think that, you know, the hardest thing for me when I'm building, you know, companies and brands and business and creating opportunities is it's, it's hard for, it's easy for me to see their, their business, their vision, the gaps, you know, what their unique abilities are. But when you look at the mirror and you turn the mirror on yourself, it is so much more difficult. And how we see ourselves is not necessarily how the world sees us. So it's interesting because I think a lot of people miss opportunity because they're not reflective enough to go, wait a minute, that guy, that gal, that person, that company, that brand sees something in me that I don't see. And I need to be curious enough to find out what is it, and ask the questions, right? And I first time I met you, we you know we're at uh, Country Wayne's event in California, and the immediate I liked you instantly because you were so curious, and you were so curious about you know who are you, why are you here, what's going on, like who, what makes you you, right? Like you weren't talking about yourself. The only thing you said is I'm a pretty aggressive guy. I'm like I already figured that part out, (laughs) right? But so I think curiosity plays a key role. So you have you have five systems, and that's why I want to go back to this. It's mindset, movement, community, meals, and lastly, which I love, integrity.
0: Yeah, it's the system in which I keep all of my coaching clients in line, and I can manage them effectively without taking so much of my time and making my business scalable, which is important and make it. So every single one of my coaches who work alongside of me have the same measurement of success with our clients. So it's mindset meals, movement, community, and integrity. So the mindset piece is not a sellable commodity, right? It's not something that people want to buy into, but I will never not have that first because I can give you the best meal plan, the best workout, Put you in the best community but if your mind is not set to actively participate in all aspects you're not going to get the success that i know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you will get if you follow the system that i've laid out clearly in front of you so like i they're have
1: putting their own roadblocks in
0: they do it every time that's every my day. job as yeah. a coach so yeah. if i get a text message this morning which is the every guy that engages with me i wake up to a text message with five numbers in those five principles on a scale of one to ten, one being least, ten being best. If I'm at a seven or above, if I see a seven in each one of those, I just say, good job, thumbs up, whatever. If I see anything below a seven, now I know where where exactly I need to interject. So if yeah. Miles is at a four, I hit him up. Why are you at a four? What's going on? You're really not at a mindset of eight. If you're at meals at a four, so let's get this back on thing. And then every time I hear the same thing, yeah, coach, I know, you know, I went, to, I know, I already know what I did wrong. I already know what I did wrong. I'm like, great. Yeah. Then get back on track. So immediately we get them back on track, getting yeah. moving in the right direction. And they always rat themselves out. They always tell me what I know is going on in advance because I've done this so many times. Nobody's unique in their excuses, rationalizations. Yeah and all of the reasons they're not currently living in their healthiest body. I am finishing up Ramadan today. I'm not a Muslim, but today is day 30 of the fast from sun up to sun down. And I wanted to see, one, if I could do it, two, what it would do for me, three, I want to become a better coach. If I'm asking somebody else to do it, I'm doing it too.
1: What has it done for you? I'm I'm fascinated because you've never done this before, right? So here's a perfect example of the courage to do something differently in a marketplace that you're dominating and considered one of the best in the world.
0: So I I did it because I've always been curious about it. So I have training partners, three of them who are all Muslim, who I respect so much. As a Christian man, right? I love and respect these men because they're great businessmen in the area. Their family, I know all of their family around here. Every single one of them is so congenial and just beautiful people. And I have another buddy of mine in LA who i mentored for years, who is a beautiful human being and very devout to his religion. So I've been curious. I thought, man, I wonder what it's like. One of them owns a restaurant. The other one owns a meat shop. They're all around food. I'm like, man, that's got to be hard. So I'm at the gym, and I bring it up. You know, I'm thinking about doing this. So as men, we ch- if you're thinking about it, do it, you know? Yeah. So, one, boom. two, three, go. That was it. Speed. So I said, okay, I'll do it one day at a time and just decide how long I want to go. They're like, no, 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 You're not that guy. You're doing no, it. No, you're,
1: you're not-, not. You're all in or you're nothing. I know that Fair already. You
0: know. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So – I did it, so what I gained was understanding that we, as a society, our Western culture, eat way too much food. Yeah. We eat when we're bored, we eat when we're sad, we eat when we're happy, we eat when we're celebrating, we eat when we're, we yeah. eat, 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 you show up to work, someone brought in bagels, oh, I gotta eat them, that'd be rude. Whatever we say, yeah. we eat way too much. My mental prowess, is on another level. Like when I do podcasts like this, I can feel myself operating at a level. I've always operated at a high level. I'm a great podcast guest. Yeah. I'm an even better podcast guest now because I'm just sharper. I yeah. didn't ever believe that before when I heard people say it because I always thought I was trying. I, I, I'm like no different than anyone else. I felt I was being sold something. Oh, do intermittent fasting, do this, do that. Yeah. While some people are selling it, if you do it purely for the right reasons, you do get that effect. Yeah. Agreed. Discipline. Back to that thing again. Because I am at the top of the food chain, I could get away with more things than most people could. I could eat the crap, sit on the couch, yeah. eat the chips and, and the candy and all of this. I wanted to not do things. And this doesn't exclude itself to food alone. There are other things in there. Like if we... It, once again, full transparency. If we're at the gym and a beautiful girl walks by and it catches our eye and we start looking, the other guy will elbow or say, the, the code word is this, bro, go drink some water. Because <laughs> you're good.
1: So when I'm in the gym and I hear that, now I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like to get, during the fast, nothing goes in your mouth no water, no nothing. Just, okay, blow Not even water, Nothing. Wow. Nothing. You, I, I brush my teeth before sun up. Nothing goes in your mouth. You don't, you know, you don't have sex during those hours. You don't have, have lust. You, you know, I'm not praying five times a day. Yeah. I yeah. I do my thing, but I'm not going to the mosque and, and doing yeah. all that, but I, I am going tomorrow. I'm going to their mosque tomorrow to observe and participate to see like, like I, if, I just went through 30 days. I want to get I want to get the icing on the cake. I'm going to go to the celebration with them and do and have the meal and all of that, right? I'm I'm doing it. So and here's another thing being visible. I got so much hate from Christian people because I said I'm a Christian man doing Ramadan. Oh all of this stuff. And I'm like, blah 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 blah. Go, go look at your own life. Go look at your own internet history. Go look at your own plate. Go look at your own behavior. Look at your ta You got enough stuff to judge yourself on. Don't come at me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come at me. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and I like to think, too, I mean, the more relevant you are out in the marketplace, the more likely that, yes, you are going to attract what you project, but you're also going to get a lot of trolls. And that's the reality. And the more that we give to that troll behavior and, uh, you know, acknowledge it, the more that it's going to come to, to us, right? Like that. that's just the reality of it. I love that, that you're, you know, one that you're so curious to to really understand, but then to take it to that next step of actually to go to the mosque, right, and to really like just absorb yourself in that moment is so profoundly interesting, because What will you walk away with afterwards that you didn't know before you walked in? What opportunities will come arise from that knowledge, right? From that experience? And I think people don't push themselves out of their comfort zone enough to find out what else is out there. And it doesn't have to be, you know, these elaborate, you don't have to get on a plane and you don't like, you can look in your own area at the edges of what you're doing. And there is opportunity there. There is experiences there. There's life lessons that we always can be willing if we are open to actually acknowledging that that's opportunity for us and then being able to actually take action on it. So you talked, you know, a little bit about integrity, but that is the one thing that you ooze. Like when I met you, I knew instantly how you walked, how you talked. I mean, I have a law enforcement background, so I sometimes tend to pick up on things that other people might not be looking for. I mean, you just ooze that integrity piece. How do you teach that to somebody? How do you teach that to your men that are working with you? Because I don't know that that's a teachable skill.
0: Again, it comes through vulnerability. Me being honest about the situations that I encounter in life. And again, I'm, I'm going full, full Monty here and being transparent as possible <laughs> with my life. My life is interesting in the sense that I am exposed because of the industry that I'm in a lot more things that could cause a man to trip up than a lot of men are yeah and there's a saying that a man is only as faithful as his opportunities and I say that's complete bullshit because I am faced with opportunities I don't want to say on a daily basis but frequently and I have a conversation with my best friend back in Ohio and he's just so grateful and appreciative and respectful and impressed and all of these different words that only make me want to be I need to to unpack
1: how you define that opportunity, Clark, because, uh, I think it's important that, you know, people understand what you mean when you say you are, are given opportunities truly. Like, I really do think you need to unpack that.
0: So DMS, I'll just give you an example that happened yesterday. I get a DM. From someone and says, and I can't tell by the name if it's male or female. And I respond yeah. to every single person that DMs me. Yeah. It's just my way of doing business because I owe whoever it is that reaches out to me, as long as it's respectful, right? Yeah, absolutely. I owe them a response back because they saw me somewhere and they hit a button. They did the I plan. love that. I, I love that. Yeah, so I give a voice message back. Hey, John, man, I'm so glad that you reached out to me today. My, my landscapers out here right now. So I apologize. <laughs> no problem. So boom, I hit it back. So this person had no photo. The name was very nondescript. I didn't know male or female. Hey, I'm interested in having you coach me. Okay, great. Fill out this form. This is what everyone does. Well, do you do one-on-one? Absolutely fill out this form. So I start going through this process and then I get a photo of a girl, a very attractive girl. And my immediate thought is, this is a troll, this is a catfish, this is not real, yeah. because I don't assume that everybody is who they portray themselves as. Yeah,
1: yeah, we, we so, definitely live in that kind of world.
0: Right. So the curiosity now is getting me, right? That's where the curiosity yeah. could kill the cat. Yes, but, it could. Yes. So I, I start going down this, this rabbit hole of questions, but the questions are very abstract in the sense, I said, hey i i'm not interested in training you but i have someone who will but i first need you to verify that you are who you say you are so send me a photo from the neck above from the your face only like not not even giving any hint that i want to see anything else because i don't like if i wanted to see that crap i could go on a porn site any day of the week and not be attached to somebody so Anyway, this process goes on. So this person sends this picture back. I said, picture on your finger on your nose. They send a picture back like this. I'm like, that's not quite your nose, but all right. I said, no, I don't train women, but I want you to. So it starts going down this thing. If I wanted to, I could have taken that conversation to a place where I could have gotten videos, all sorts of stuff that I knew this person wanted to engage me with. So what did I do? When I realized danger zone, block, delete, done, move on. And then the thought of what could have happened is always going through a man's head. Like, oh, I could have got a video or Ooh, is that... bullshit. I'm done. I get out yes. right away. Right. Because I don't want to get caught. Like life is complicated enough and I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. Yeah. Just ain't doing it. So yeah. that piece that, so that's unpacking that. And look, I'm, I'm doing this with you because I trust you. And, and yep. I think it's important for people to understand, like this goes on. And I know there are men who aren't in my industry, who that happens to that might have fallen or struggled. There
1: are women that that happens to all the time,
0: happens all the time. Yeah, and dipped into an area where they don't necessarily want to be at. And now they're feeling guilty. Now they're feeling embarrassed. Now they're feeling whatever. So if that is you, if that has happened, block, delete, move on. And then eventually the curiosity will go away. It'll it'll just yeah. dissolve and go away because life will get in front of it and you'll be like, man, I, I'm so happy that I didn't do that because that really could have got me. You yeah. know
1: it could have went bad sideways real quick. So you know, I think it's important, like, so, you know, we talk about that side of, of the integrity, right? Like being loyal and committed and, and to your, to the relationships that you have, whether it's marriage or a significant other, whatever it happens to be, but how do you show up? At, let me, let me think about this for a second. How do you add integrity to your business relationships, but how do you teach that? for your clients. Because I think that's important. I think it's a piece that often gets overlooked. Um, and saying that you're, oh, you know, like the, when somebody says to me, Clark, when somebody says to me, I'm honest and you can trust me. It's like ding, 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 ding. Right. My radar goes off instantly because if I have to tell you that I'm, I have integrity and that I'm honest, something's wrong. I should be showing you all day long. I should be showing up that
0: way. It goes back to a saying, in all things, be a witness and if necessary, use words like there's no need to say that to anybody. Like there's no need to tell me, hey, we can do business together because I'm a Christian. I'll run faster than (laughs) the minute someone tells me that. I'm like, I don't want to do business with you because you put that out there to throw a fleece out to to block me from something. So the integrity piece has kind of two sides to it. There's the integrity in reporting to me what you're doing. If you cheated on your diet, if you're not doing the mindset, if you're not truly at a seven or above, I need you to have integrity with how you report to me. Don't be embarrassed that you messed up. Don't I'm not going to get on you in a, in a way that's negative to you. I'm going to get on you in a way that's going to be positive to help you move forward. So there's that piece of integrity. But the other piece when I do a consultation. So when a guy signs up with me, the first thing we do is an hour long Zoom call. And then we get to that fifth principle and I explain it the same way. And I'm like, listen. Here's what's important and what I know. When a man is not living his life with integrity, if, for example, he's cheating on his wife and he's hiding that, that will always manifest some way in his life. It's impossible for it not to manifest. It starts with stress. Stress where you lower your testosterone levels. Even if you're out there banging, you know, this side piece or whatever, you are still affecting your hormones in a negative way because stress will not do anything positive for you. And any man that's doing that without stress is a sociopath. So that's a whole different thing altogether. So it affects that. It will make you eat. It'll make you do certain things. Your sleep will be affected. Your work will be affected. Your time management will be affected because you're hiding and trying to get this in during a time when you're not going to get caught. So that is never going to benefit you in the long run. So if you came to me and you really want help, we got to be honest on all fronts. My job is not to tell you, get on the treadmill for an hour a day and eat less cars. Yeah. Like, by the time a man gets to me, he's already done all that crap, man. I'm not yeah. here to tell people. get. It's seldom that I talk to a guy about fitness when we do an hour-long consultation. Yeah
1: you're getting to know them, right? You're like, there's so much more to being healthy than just physically doing the work, right? Like, and we've talked about that this whole entire time. Um, How does food play a role, Clark, in like, I mean, I know, you know, you are what you eat to a certain degree and so forth. And you and I talked a little bit about this when we were in California, about the uniqueness of how you eat and what you eat and when you eat. So let's talk a little bit about that because that I wanted that leads into some other things for me.
0: So I once heard someone say, we'll take that, you are what you eat to another level. You are what your food eats, right? Yeah. So, yeah, very, it, true. so very true. That that don't eat anything for one. Like if you're eating packaged food, it's it's horrible. Then let me let me go to another deeper level for people to understand that food is the single most important thing. Beside mindset, because again, right, if your mind is not set to to understand what I'm saying is true, then you're only going to continue to go back to what you were doing, which is not getting you anywhere. So food is the most powerful drug you'll ever put in your body. Any prescription drug on the planet that people are lined up for right now are a result of the wrong food in most cases, which can be reversed with the right food in many cases. When you put food into your body, it causes a chemical and a hormonal response that's either going to be a good one or a bad one. It's that simple. There's no in between. Like there's no middle ground. Like oh, this food is not doing anything. If you go and open up something in a package that was made by man, then we still here.
1: Sorry, yeah, we're still here. I'm just playing with the screens. <laughs> okay,
0: I, Sorry, I, I, I popped up the big. I'm like, oh, she's fine.
1: Not, no, you're still here.
0: So if if you understand that food is a drug and then you're eating something that's going to do one thing or the other, you're going to make better choices on that. Jack Lalane, when he and I first were introduced to yeah. each other, he was so impactful in my life because he helped me understand the level at which we abuse ourselves with food. He said, Clark, you know what's interesting to me? And he said it with a whole lot more energy than this. You know, so is interesting to me, when a, guy wakes, when a man wakes up in the morning, he'll give his dog the best water and the best food. And then yeah. he'll turn around and go into the kitchen and have a cigarette and a donut. How does that make any sense, Claude? Yeah. That literally makes no sense. These people are killing themselves. Your students need to understand that when they eat, they need a whole package of food. If man made it, don't do <laughs> it. This
1: guy sounds like a lot of energy. I don't know who he is, full transparency, but Wow.
0: Jack LaLanne was the father of the health and fitness movement in the world. He, If you yeah. Google him afterwards, if nobody yes. knows who Jack LaLanne is, he is the legend that was on TV teaching Americans and people all around the world how to exercise. And he, he's, he's just an amazing person. He was a mentor in my life. And I feel so privileged to have been around that man. Yeah. And I'm, you know, hopefully carrying the mantle that he left when he passed.
1: Wow. Wow. So, there's a lot of gurus in the world, and there's a lot of experts, so-called experts. And and you and I share uh, a, a common friend, Maurice Bernard. And on his show, you talked a little bit about how sometimes that you made things up. Like, so Maurice was talking about, um, you number know, you're num- you're the number one in the world, right? And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I didn't, who who said that, right? Like, who said that? So he said, I've made up a lot of things about myself over the years, but that's not one of them. Talk a little bit about that, because I think that's fascinatingly interesting, that you felt compelled that you needed to make things up about yourself. What? Let's unpack that a little bit. What did that look like for you and why?
0: So before marketing became a thing with yes. these people, yeah. I was... Being consulted by a marketing expert, someone who sat me down and took me through a series of questions. Oh, yeah. and said, We need to define who you are and what you bring to the world and what impact you want to have on the world. So let's talk about that. He said, Give me three things that you want to accomplish in your life. I, well, I want to motivate people. Okay, how many people? In what you know in the United States? He's like, think bigger than that, you know. So we go through this process. So then we get to the point where. We had to give me a tagline. Yeah. He said, All right, so we'll take all of what you just answered. We're going to come up with a tagline for you. And this was before anyone had a tagline. This I'm talking 30 years ago, before people were using mission and vision statements for their business, like in my capacity, the fitness models didn't exist. Yeah. So with all of what he learned, he said, Here's what we want: America's most trusted fitness personality was what it was at the time
1: right
0: so that became my tagline I came home one day and this is months years later I'm not sure how long it was but my son my kids are now starting to see what their dad does because no one really knows what I do still to this day
1: (laughs) it sounds like my life
0: (laughs) these these operators that they kind of have an idea but they don't know yeah yeah So I help men over 50 live in their healthiest body, to be exact. That's what I do. High achievers not achieve with their bodies. So anyway, my son says, Daddy, are you really America's most trusted fitness personality? I said, absolutely. He said, why? And I said, because I said so. Built Ford tough. All of these taglines that other companies have is because they looked at their brand and said, this is a tough truck. How do we say that to the world? Well, we built it. We built it how we built it the Ford way for what reason to be tough, built Ford tough. That was their tagline, not yes. because Chrysler said it or anybody else said it, it's because they said it because they knew what went yes. into creating that thing. Yeah, so I knew what went into building the Clark Bartram brand America, most trusted. If you come to me, you can trust the integrity piece that I'm going to give you more than what you paid me to give you. That's what my dad taught me. Yeah. Fitness personality, then a buddy of mine years later, he's like, you know what? You're so much more than a personality. You're a yes. professional, bro. You're a professional. Yes. So we erased personality and replaced it with professional. So I had this little logo built. was, I had blonde hair at the time, blonde hair, wait, yeah. I still have the gym bag in here that a yeah. buddy of mine gave to me years ago. Yeah. And, and, you know, so then he said, now we need a vision statement or a purpose statement or something that you operate by because this shit's going to get hard. You're not going to always want to do it. How do you re-anchor yourself back to your purpose? So yeah. we came up with to positively and powerfully affect everyone I come into contact with. So no lie. When I wake up in the morning, true statement, I look at my feet on the ground I physically look at them and I say today. I will positively and powerfully affect everyone I come into contact with and I go off and I go about my life. And if I see someone yesterday, an example, and I'm not, you know, Oh, look, very, who, look
1: who happens to be in here right now. Mr. Maurice Bernard.
0: And he'll, oh, he'll, he'll he'll <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: And he will kick my ass by the way. Yeah, exactly. fight him. I'm trying to be his best friend. I'm trying to love him. Buddy up the next Yeah. Day.
1: You got to love him. Not fight him.
0: Yeah. So yesterday, just to give you an example how to positively and powerfully affect, I walk out of Walmart, there's a family out there and I don't judge anyone. If I do something for them, then it's theirs to be had. So there was a mother there and there were two kids and I said, listen, I don't have any cash on me. Now, people who are asking for money are getting very sophisticated. That said, do you have Venmo? And I'm like, oh crap, okay. That excuse is gone of not having any money because I'm going to be real (laughs) I'll be real transparent. I had 10 bucks in my pocket. I never give
1: money. I give food or drink.
0: I'll give whatever. It don't matter. So anyway, I, I lied and I didn't give him any money. Venmo. Hey, can you take us in the store and buy something? I lied again and said, I don't have my credit card on me. I lied. I lied straight to this little girl's face. And then I got in my truck and I felt really guilty. And I said, how am I positively and powerfully affecting those people? What's 10 bucks going to do in my pocket? I didn't spend it in there. I don't need it. It ain't changing my life. I ain't eating anything because I'm on this fast. So (laughs) they're better off having it. So I went back and I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I had this $10 on me. Please do whatever you want with it. Now that it's out of my hands, it's none of my business. They can go get cracked. They can go get alcohol. They can go buy food. It is not my business. But I did what I felt was right based upon who I say that I am and who I want to be and, and again, some people might go like you just did. I don't give money. I, I you know, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I've yes. literally taken my shoes off.
1: I, I truly will do anything but money. I never give money because I think, you, you know, we all work hard for our money. Um, do I think that giving money is, is the answer? No, but I think that there are more important things in life than money that can add more value in that experience, right? That's just, That's just how I think about it. But it's interesting you say that because when I work with companies and brands and and, and, and individuals who are trying to build brands, uh, and especially when we're trying to, you know, we're looking at the deal flow of things, I always have to think about my purpose. Like you, you know, you said, like, what am I gonna do today? And when I wake up in the morning, and I think it's important that everybody has this critical mission. Uh, and vision for themselves, because it's really guiding posts in everything that we do. And mine is to stand in the greatness of others. How am I living and acting abundantly, right? Like it, and it really helps when you have those crunchy conversations, or you're in those situations where you feel like your back is against the wall. And I'm sure you've probably been there too. it's like, am I showing up? how I woke up this morning, am I living in their greatness, am I helping them? And am I living with an abundance mindset? Because if I'm not, then I'm not being true to who I am. And I think it's interesting, because we talked about integrity, and we talked about being vulnerable and showing up as ourselves. And I think if you don't have that guiding post in your life, as an individual, as a human at the core, you will never get the success, satisfaction or a greater life because you don't have that. And I think that's critical, mission critical in everything that we do.
0: Agreed. Absolutely. You know, we see people who don't have that achieve success and we yeah. kind of measure ourselves against that. Sometimes you go, why? They fall.
1: they fall from that. At some point they fall from that.
0: Yeah. So yeah. back to this homeless thing real quick. I wanted, so I I went undercover as a homeless guy and stood out on the street.
1: Oh, that is fascinating. Yeah, so
0: I have a I have a video that I want to share with you. I'm I'm doing a documentary that's being edited right now where I went out. First of all, I interviewed so I I know all of the home a lot of the homeless people in my area. Yeah. And I know them by name and they know me by name. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to hire someone to come in here and make me up and I'm going to go out. I made a sign and I stood out here. Lisa, I cried when people gave me money. I, so I, got, I made $89 in three hours. I got like three or four hamburgers. I got a couple of joints, a couple of cigarettes, some water, a lot of advice. I got, I got questioned because it said, you know, you United States Marine, down on my luck. My sign was pretty good though, because I'm a marketer. It said, you're no better, I'm no worse, down on my luck. So this guy's like, well, where are you stationed? What was your MOS? So I knew he was kind of seeing if I was... I sat down next to cops and talk to cops. I sat literally right next to people and had conversations. It was the most impactful three hours of my life. And I'm gonna do it again where I go stay out overnight for one night. Not that that's a big yeah. deal in comparison, but it at least puts me in a unique situation to where I'm not driving past in my nice car with money that I'm not giving away or all of that. Like there was one situation
1: well, it's yeah. a different perspective, right? Oh. Like it, it's it's truly walking in somebody else's shoes.
0: It was it was amazing, and I looked legit. I mean, this lady put this this big scab on my face, and I had oh. fake teeth in that yeah. Yeah. I ended up taking out after a while. But I, I
1: had to uh, I broke my foot once, Clark, and I I had to be in a wheelchair for. I don't know how, like, we were at at Disney World, and so being at Disney World, because we, you know, holidays don't stop, and and we had the kids, and uh, I had to sit in that wheelchair for three days, man, I have to tell you, I had a completely different perspective, I had more bags slapped in my face, and ignorant people, and I'm thinking, wow, like, I couldn't get out of that wheelchair fast enough, but at the same time i thought wow like i have a totally new appreciation for what the world looks like down at half half my level yeah. i think it's important so what was what was the biggest experience that happened for you during that
0: realizing that any person is a series of bad choices away from a situation like that because What I heard from people, they were what we'll refer to as normal, had a home, had a family, still have some attachment. Some are out there by choice. Some are out there because they've lost some of their mental capacity. Some are out there for reasons beyond their control. But the bottom line is, who am I to judge any of these people based upon their situation? And who am I to not look at them? When you see somebody purposely fighting not to look at you, you can feel very easily like you don't matter. What am I here for? I, I am just a piece of shit that people are looking at me like you're horrible. And I tried to look as bad as I possibly could to be that guy. And I looked legitimately like I had lost it because I had a cameraman in a car and I had a microphone on. So I was talking to him. So it really came off like I'm there like, oh, my God, man, this is so insane, dude. You would not believe I just got two dollars from this little kid. All the other people in the cars are thinking that dude's lost it. He's having a full blown conversation with somebody (laughs) that's not there. Little did they know that somebody was in the car with the video camera, you know, documenting this whole experience.
1: I hate to tell I, I, afterwards, because I always do, I'm doing an after show of that problem solved uh, on my live, on my uh, podcast, Real Talk with Lisa Patrick, and I have an opportunity for you. I just, I just, it just went in my brain. So we we'll talk about that afterwards, but it's interesting because you, you know, you talked a little bit about a series of bad choices and before the show, I said, I wanted to talk a little bit about one particular gentleman, you know, that's, uh, you know, fake it to make it perhaps, perhaps maybe not. And I'm curious to hear what you think about liver King and about Brian Johnson.
0: Genius, and, and the- Genius marketer. I'll say that. I,
1: I want to know. Yeah. I want to know fake or real. And, you know, he came out and in an interview and said like, here's what he said.
0: Yes. I've done steroids, and yes, I'm on steroids, monitored and managed by a trained hormone clinician. Liver King, the public figure, was an experiment to spread the message, to bring awareness to the 4,000 people a day who kill themselves. The 80,000 people a day that try to kill themselves Our people are hurting at record rates with depression, autoimmune, anxiety, infertility, low ambition in life. The stupidest apology ever known to mankind. Talk about
1: integrity. Talk about unauthenticity. Talk about. And if you want to find it, it, Entrepreneur did an article on him. It's on YouTube. I'm not going to go all into it because this is not the show about Liver King. But this is why I absolutely will do anything for you, Clark, because there are people out there like him and it just. Brilliant marketing aside, people say Donald Trump is a brilliant marketer, right? I want to know, what do you think about all that?
0: So the first thing I think is what I just referenced a couple minutes ago. Why is he making millions of dollars? And I'm over here, we'll refer to it as struggling business-wise. People look at me and they're like, Clark, why aren't you worth $300 million? Like everybody who knows me, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Absolutely,
1: I get it all the time.
0: 300 million dollars dude if country wayne can make freaking five million a month then clark bartram should be as well so i've not figured out that piece so that's the first thought that comes to my mind the second thought beyond the we're
1: going to we're going to figure that out because i have some opportunities and ideas let's go
0: i'm excited but this guy how he has the balls to compare what he he
1: eats balls by the way yeah
0: which i i am Never going to have any of my guy eat balls. I'm not interested in balls. Nothing raw. None of that makes any sense at all. It was to sell his protein. But for him to throw homeless and depression and these people into his bullshit apology literally makes no sense. I would rather have seen that guy, not in his staged environment, not with his cameras, holding up his phone saying, you know what? I got caught, man. I got caught up in this thing that I created that got bigger than I ever thought it was going to get. And I'll tell you, man, my ego got a little bit in the way. Now, I will say this. Regardless of how much drugs you're on, it's not easy to get a body like that kid had. It's not easy. So he worked to get that body, but he was just being dishonest. So there's the integrity piece. He was lying. I have drug tests. I have doctors that have tested my blood that have proven on three separate occasions, regardless of what any troll says, that Clark Bartram is clean, all this is real, and none of it is staged, photoshopped, or used drugs to get there. So, the, he's a human, he makes mistakes, but that doesn't, that what you just showed me right there, doesn't give me any indication that that guy is truly understanding of where he needs to go to get smart people like me and you and all of these other people out there to go, there it is, that's what I've been waiting for because I've yet to see that from him. So to me, he's still a schemer, a scammer, a marketer and not willing to face the fact that he is justifying some some BS thing with talking about depression. Like that literally has-
1: It's, it, it, it's appalling. His apology. His, his apology is appalling. And I just cannot believe that using the fact that you were trying to create awareness towards mental illness and infertility and suicide is the justification for what you did and for the lives. And God only knows who he hurt along the way right like that's the reality of it and i think you have to be careful i mean we live in a world of content creation clark we live in the world of influence and you have to be so careful on how you present yourself and you the way that your brand shows up the way that you show up for others the way that you cre- create and help people grow like and be mindful of the carnage that's left behind if you're going to leave carnage
0: yeah Now, let me give this kid the benefit of the doubt. Maybe without letting anybody know, he's taken some of those millions and donated it to those causes, which would be super cool. Because, yeah, who am I to judge? I'm not here. All I'm doing is responding to what I just saw. We only see
1: what we see front facing, right? Like we don't always know. Yeah, that's all I have.
0: So if that guy did that, then that good for him. So maybe he did use a little bit of, you know, sell them what they want and give them what they need kind of a deal.
1: Well, and, and, you know, you, you said he's a he's a great marketer. But if he did do that, Clark, my, my rebuttal to that is this. If you really, if your intentions were pure, and the reason that you, you know, went out on the market and did what you did because you did what you did, because you were trying to prevent suicide and help mount mental health and infertility, and you did all these kinds of donations, then for God's sakes, why wouldn't you show it?
0: Yeah, true.
1: Right? Like, why wouldn't you show it? That would be the only, I think, in my mind, if I was in charge of his brand and his reputation and I was, you know, working as his coup, that would be the only way that you would work around that is to say, look, and you're right, show up authentically, right? Not in a script video that's clearly been uh, video edited after the fact, right? As, as Anyways, yeah. yeah. Well, uh. You know, I want to thank you for coming today and talking and, and being vulnerable in the moment. And there'll be more of this. I'm going to bring you back. Um, if you were to give one piece of advice to a young man who, you know, you have, children, you have you have a son, right? Do you have
0: one son or two? I have a 31-year-old daughter and a 28-year-old son.
1: 28-year-old son. What would... You know, what advice did you give him as a young boy and what advice would you give him as a 40 year old, 50 year old man?
0: As a young man, just be patient with the process. I watched my son excel at everything that he has done in life because he has me in him and being able to witness it from a balcony, if you will, watching this young man want to be the best so quickly and want to achieve so much so fast. What I'm telling him is like, look, Mitch, it's, it's coming to you. As long as you stay on this path, just be patient with the process because there are things that you're going to work through and learn through the frustration and the struggle and the time it takes to get there. And he's watched me and he's often wondered, why aren't you worth, you know, 300 million dollars?
1: Yeah, because
0: I've seen what you do like I've seen your process and the answer to that is I am being patient in that process because maybe it wasn't in God's timing to be that guy yet because if I would have been the 300 million dollar man 10 years ago 20 years ago or whatever time I wanted it in maybe I would have self-destructed maybe I would have not have been the man that I just tried to explain that I am not perfect certainly flawed, have my issues that I still need to work through. But you know, here I am today. And I'm, I'm pretty proud of who I am. When I lay my little head on my pillow at night, I feel great. So a 50 year old man, I would say you have more time behind you than you have ahead. Be honest with yourself today, where you're at and why you're there. And yeah. understand that you have not yet gotten there on your own. What would make you think you could get there. Quick story. I was in a prison speaking one time. I had about 600 guys in front of me, all of whom were engaged in what I was saying. One guy wasn't. He was heckling me. He was going on, and I let him. I was no longer nervous to be in prison. I was no longer afraid. That's where I learned authenticity. That's where I learned to address things right away. And I looked straight at him, and I said, are you done? And he's like, yeah, whatever. And I said, listen to me, bud. Your best thinking got you in here. I'm leaving. You're staying. You're staying. The whole place went nuts. They loved it because they knew what I was saying was true and honest. And they knew that guy needed to shut up because he was only acting out his insecurities. So he got there on his own thinking. Every man that comes to me is out of shape, not feeling good, uncomfortable, won't take their shirt off, won't turn the light on during sex, whatever it is. And they came to me and said, I need help. If you're not willing to pull the trigger and get off your money and pay the price that it costs to do this, you need to have a real conversation with yourself because time is not on your side, but we can make time benefit you. Another thing I learned in prison, time's not serving me. I'm I'm not serving time. Time is serving me. We need the rest of our time to serve us in this life that we're living and you can do it much better for you in shape and I can help.
1: Yeah, Excellent. All right. I always end a show with a little bit of a game. So say the first thing that comes to mind.
0: Apples. Oranges. Strategy. Planning. Running shoes. Never.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was waiting. What I was hoping you were going to say is tuck in your laces.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I ain't running, man. I'm not going running. That's one thing that I don't like.
1: (laughs) Oh, love it. All right. Well, thanks, Clark. I appreciate you. Love you. And uh, you have yourself a great afternoon.
0: Love you, too. Thanks.
1: Bye.